And I'm, I'm really excited about uh, this series, and I hope that it'll be a blessing to you. And, and I know that as I've studied just tonight this lesson, it's, it's been one, uh, it sure has been a blessing for me. You know, Jesus, as he begins his ministry, he determines in his mind, and, and yes, it was probably the will all, all the way planned out, but he determines this need to establish an inner circle. Uh, and we know them as the 12, right? We know them as this group of 12 friends who would be there with him, friends who would turn their back on him, things that friends do sometimes, don't they? But nevertheless, Jesus has this group that he's building. And, and I want to pick up in Luke chapter 5 tonight where Jesus has already picked up several uh, in his, what I would say, uh, Matt Lingo, his crew, right? He's already picked up several in his group, these disciples that are following him. And tonight I want to talk about the disciple Levi. We also know him as the disciple Matthew. But when Jesus was going and he was picking out these uh, friends and he was picking out these guys that were going to be a part of his inner circle, if you ask the religious leaders of the time, who do you think that they would say that the Messiah would choose? Who do you think that they would say that Jesus would pick to be a part of his circle? Would it be those Jewish religious leaders? Probably, right? Would it be the powerful people of the world? Maybe the emperor of Rome, right? Maybe the Messiah is going to get the emperor of Rome to be on his team. What about the knowledgeable philosophers? Maybe that's who he would pick up on his team. What about military leaders? You know, the great generals he would have to be a part of this inner circle. But is that who he picks? Is that who he decides to have on his team? Now, here's the beauty of this whole deal, the beauty of this whole thought. You know, I say these names and, and I pick these uh, powerful uh, people, but you know what? In reality, you want to know who Jesus picks? Whosoever will. Amen? He'll pick whoever will be on his team. But in this time, as he's building these 12 for us to look at, for an example to see the type of people that Jesus will use, this is something that is so different to this uh, first century, to these Jewish leaders. Think about what it says. Let's pick up in uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 27. The Bible says, After these things he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he left all, rose up and followed him. And then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house. And there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. And the scribes and the Pharisees complained against his disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? 
Verse 31, Jesus answered and said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. We know this story. We're very familiar with this story, but Here's Levi sitting at a tax office and Jesus comes and says, follow me. Now I want to take a a side. I want to turn off on this street real quick. Just hang with me uh, for just a minute. Names in the New Testament times and even names now, they have a meaning, don't they? They mean something, and, and there's something about uh, this a name. There's something about the expectations or what we expect this child to be like or, or whatever. But think about the examples in the Bible. Moses, his name means drawn out of water, right? Why is that? Because he was taken out of the Nile River. Hosea, remember he named one of his children Loami which meant not mine. (laughs) Well, why was that? Because if you read about Hosea, his wife was actually practicing prostitution. Joseph and Mary, what do they do? They name their son Jesus, meaning what? Savior and deliverer. And Jesus comes across a man named Levi. He is named after the priestly tribe of Israel. Think about that. What expectations do you think that his parents had for him, right? He was going to be a priest. He was going to serve in the temple courts daily. He was going to prepare sacrifices to the Almighty, right? Did they expect Levi to live up to these high expectations of the tribe? After he was named, the tribe set apart and claimed as the Lord's people? If so, and think about this application. If so, Levi's life didn't turn out the way that his parents expected, did they? It didn't turn out quite how they expected. What did Levi end up being? A tax collector. Wow. A tax collector. Now, to have the occupation of a tax collector was to be raided with the sinners of the land. He was down in the category of the sinners. You know, Jesus himself, he recognized that tax collectors were considered the scum of the earth in this first century way. Remember what Jesus says to him? The son of man has come eating and drinking. And you say, look, a glutton and a wine bibber a friend of tax collectors and sinners. The attitude of the Jews toward their own people who decided to be tax collectors for the Roman Empire were extremely negative, amen? Extremely negative. Traitor, how dare you? We're struggling and this is what you're gonna do? Tax collectors were part of the despised in Jewish life. They were ranked with harlots. They were considered traitors, as I said, of Israel. And potentially, they were unclean. Why was that? Because they would deal with Gentiles. Matt, what are you doing? I'm setting you up. 
I want you to see this type of person that Jesus comes to. I want you to see this type of person that Jesus walks up to and he says, follow me. Follow me. Tax collectors would charge high sums of money, higher than demanded by the empire. Why is that? Because they wanted to make some money themselves, right? <laughs> okay, this is what I need to charge. Well, I'm going to charge a little bit more because I got to put a little bit of money in my pocket. This is why tax collectors were ranked among the sinners. And I, I want to say this and I want you to hear it. I don't really like to say it, but it's so true. They were considered the scum of society. It was big money for them, but it was very, very dishonest. Very dishonest. But as Jesus walks through Galilee, Levi is sitting in this tax office doing his job collecting taxes. And Jesus goes up to Levi and asks him to be his disciple. One can only imagine. Could you imagine being Levi? Could you imagine being Matthew sitting in that tax office and Jesus coming up to you and saying, follow me. Jesus wants me, this rabbi, he wants me to follow him. Levi would have been excluded from all of the religious circles at the time. Am I right about it? He would have been out. The average Jew would have walked the other way when they saw Levi coming. Man, would have walked the other way. You feeling the application building up, brethren? You feeling an application building up for the necessity for us to realize who we are about to change, who we should be thinking about, looking to in this world? Levi had received the invitation to become a disciple of Jesus, and the invitation was a great honor. He was excited. How excited was he? What does the text say? Verse 28, so he left all, rose up, and followed him. Okay, all right, let's go. Really? You want me? Huh? You know, I think about this uh, to try and get our minds in this. I mean, I like ball and I like athletes and, and I feel, you know, uh, really good if I would be able to go and maybe talk to an athlete or shake their hand or get their autograph, you know. Think about if Michael Jordan walked up to me one day and he said, hey, man, I want you to come with me. We're going to go sit in the booth. I want to introduce you to some guys, Scottie Pippen and a couple of the guys. And I, I want you to see these rings and, and I want you to just hang with me. And actually, I want you to just be my assistant. <laughs> what? Really? How excited would you be? I mean, just put the, the star in, 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 that you love in, in, that, in that spot. How would you feel? I mean, just be real about it. 
Wouldn't you feel like this guy? Really? You want me to be a part of your team? Mm-hmm. Come on. Let's go. Levi had received the invitation to become his disciple, and it was a great honor. Levi's excitement and his appreciation are further seen in that he throws a great feast for Jesus. A great feast. Which was typical in the first century. This is how it worked. If you received a great honor, then you paid in return by having a feast. Let's go eat. I'm about to hook you up. You sit down, man. I'm about to grill out for you. Ribs. All of it. We about to have a good time and I want to show you my appreciation, right? Levi, of course, he has the ability to do this. He has the ability to throw this great feast. But look who's invited to this feast, verse 29. Then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house. And there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with him. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who, who was there? There was a great number of tax collectors and others. I wonder who those others were. Other tax collectors, were they sinners? What were they? These, this group that comes and, and, and is at the house with Jesus is other tax collectors. And look at what Matthew chapter 9 verse 10 says. It says, Now it happened as Jesus said at the table in the house that behold many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him. One can only imagine the amount of corruption that was present in that house that day. But the words of the religious leaders tell it all, don't they? The Pharisees and the scribes see what's going on and begin complaining to the disciples. You remember what they said right here in the text? It says, and their scribes and the Pharisees complained against his disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? What in the world are y'all doing? What's happening? And rightly so, here they are, the religious leaders of the time. And, and to be with the tax collector, to be with sinners is something that's ridiculous. Jesus is... Not alone when he comes to the house of Levi and eats with these tax collectors and these sinners. He's got some disciples with him. He's already picked up several along the way and here they are with him. What do you think they're thinking? As they're walking into the house of Levi and eating with this crowd. Put yourself for just a minute with these disciples of Jesus. You've been a Jew your whole life. You've been obeying the law of Moses your whole life. And now you're with Jesus and he wants to walk into Matthew's house and eat with other sinners and tax collectors.
His disciples don't say it out loud. What the Pharisees and the scribes ask, but could you imagine what they were thinking? Why are we here? What are we doing? Why are we eating with these people? But it probably was, honestly, the question that was on everyone's mind that was with Jesus. A devout Jew in the first century would never do what Jesus did. At least that was common logic in the teachings of the religious. But Jesus and his disciples eat to the criticism, and listen to this, they eat to the criticism of the religious structure of the day. That's a huge, I hope y'all feel that, man, because I worked on that sentence. Hey, and I know those definitions of those words right there, so just hear me and feel that. Let me say it one more time for you. Let me say it one more time. Jesus and his disciples, they eat to the criticism of the religious structure of the day. What's Jesus doing? What's Jesus doing? Don't look at anything else. I want you to look at me. I want you to follow me. I want you to trust me. Jesus responds to the Pharisees, doesn't he? He responds to these scribes. What does he tell them? Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Verses 31 and 32, Jesus answered and said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I mean, think about it. Think about this. A doctor doesn't spend time with well patients, does he? If he does, he's checking up on you and you're out of there. What is the doctor's job? The doctor's job is to help fix you, right? The doctor must find the sick patients and treat them or he ain't making no money. Do we see this is exactly what Jesus was doing here? Jesus does not open the door and declare them going to hell for their obvious sins. Jesus doesn't walk in there and immediately call them out for the obvious sins. They're called tax collectors. They're called sinners. The Bible says that. What does Jesus do? Here's the application for the night. Here's the application for, the, for, for everything that I've said tonight. Here it comes. Here's the bang. I've loaded the gun up and I'm about to hit it. I'm about to fire off. So just listen to me right here. Jesus gets to know these people. He spends time with them and creates opportunities for these people to be influenced by him and his new disciple, Levi. I just talked to somebody this past week about a new opportunity. Somebody that this person has met, not a Christian, but you know what it is? It's an opportunity. 
I couldn't be more excited about that. Brethren, how many opportunities are you looking at right now in your life to tell somebody about Jesus? Huh? How many opportunities in your life right now do you have before you? And brethren, if you, if you honestly sit here and say that you have none, what's going on? Let me plead with you for a minute. Like I plead with you just about every week in the evening. Right now at this time, somebody's going to die who doesn't know Jesus Christ. Does that move us? Does that bother us? Jesus was willing to be criticized by these religious leaders. What, what needs to happen to make you move? What needs to happen What needs to happen? Jesus was willing to be criticized by these religious leaders to go into a place that he knows is full of sinners and people who are dying. What will it take? What will it take, brethren? You want to know what I'm excited about? Right here at Fountainhead, three baptisms in the past two months. Huh? Huh? Three, glory, hallelujah, praise Jehovah. That fires me up. That gets me excited because you want to know what I know? People are hearing the truth and they're obeying it. It's still happening today. This isn't something that was played out. This isn't something that's just gone away. This is still happening right now. Don't we want in on that? I want in on that. Jesus answered and said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I got a mission that I'm on. Can you imagine what would have happened if Jesus would have let them have it as the first sentence out of his mouth came out? What would have happened? I've been there. I've been in studies. I've seen it go down. I've seen people say, I'll never. I'll never listen to you. What? Either what I'm saying is a bunch of baloney or what I'm saying is the truth and it's real. And if somebody doesn't want to hear it, that bothers me. How about you? Don't you have hope within you? Don't you realize when you came up out of this water, you was brand new? Doesn't that motivate you? You ain't worth it. Ain't nobody in here worth it. Ain't nobody in here worth it. But he gave it to you because he loved you. And he said, not only am I going to make you clean, but I'm going to make you a co-heir with me. Now that's big time. We're talking about the son of God. He said, I want you to be a co-heir with me. Jesus was on a mission way early on. The people he wanted in his inner circle was ones that he wanted them to know in their heart that he loved them. 
And he could use them no matter who they were. Jesus' goal was to not run them off. His goal was to share his life with them. He was to show them how they can change their life for the better. Four years we waited on something. Four years, brethren, and it paid off. To God be the glory. Four years we waited and prayed. Four years, think about that. That's freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year of a high school kid's life. Four years we waited and prayed on something, and guess what happened? We planted and we watered and we planted and we watered, and God gave the increase. It works. Don't think that your labor's in vain. Don't think because of that one comment they didn't say, you know what, I need to obey. Man, that was a great comment. I need to obey. Don't be discouraged if that doesn't happen right away. Don't think that it's not working. Don't think that it's not moving. Don't think that you're not peeling layers off. When it came to teaching unbelievers, Jesus did not shoot first and ask questions later. No, he was on a mission. Who can God change, brethren? Who does God want? Would you say this is true? The Lord can change anybody. Levi is another name for the apostle Matthew. And you know what this tax collector did? You want to know what this guy who ripped his people off and put money in his pocket did? He wrote the gospel of Matthew. We still reading it today. It's a man that was inspired by God and wrote us something that we still read today. Don't tell me that God can't change people. Jesus can take a thieving tax collector and change his life to become one of the most trusted 12 apostles going out and preaching the gospel across the earth. Jesus can change any life. He can bring substance. He can bring meaning. He can bring purpose. And he can bring value if you'll simply just follow him. You remember when Jesus, and I want to close with this, I want this to be your thought as we go out into this world this week. You remember Lazarus is dead, and here comes Jesus stayed back, and then he, he comes, and, and Mary and Martha, they come out and greet him. You remember they're all upset. Martha comes out to him. <clears throat> you remember what Jesus says to her? Martha says, if you'd only been here, Lord... Jesus says this to her. I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Here's the question for you this evening. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? 
Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Amen. Jesus came to this earth. He lived perfectly. He died for us, became that perfect sacrifice. He was buried and just like he proclaimed, he rose again on the third day and he sat down at the right hand of God. That is still all inspiring for me. He sat down at the right hand of God and is making intercession for us. And he says that if you believe in me, then you obey me and you'll do what I say and you shall live forever. Don't let a moment go by, brethren, that you miss the opportunity to talk and show people Jesus in your life. Is it what we talk about? Is it what we live for? Is it what we desire the most? Is to tell somebody about Jesus? I hope that it is. I plead with you. Please tell somebody about the king. Maybe you're here today and you need prayers. Hey, be bold and be strong and be courageous and know that your God is with you and he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. We are special. We're called out people. We're the ecclesia. We're saints. The royal priesthood. That's who we are. That's who we represent. The kingdom of God. If you need to be baptized in water for the remission of your sins, please, please do it right now. Have your sins washed away. If you need prayers, if you need to become a Christian, whatever you need, come right now. As together we stand and sing.